The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to the Gospel of Luke. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said, in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock and it grew up and it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As, said these, as he said these things, he called out, And who has ears? Let him hear. When the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you? It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for those that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and the fruit does not mature. As for that on the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the gospel of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that your word never returns to you void but it accomplishes the purposes for which you have for it. And so we pray today that your word, going out into our hearts, may bring forth great harvest. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. I'm, uh, I dropped the mic earlier on and said, right now I'm all tangled up, so give me a minute, I'm going to straighten myself out. The trouble with robes, they tend to um, uh, tie you up in knots if you drop the mic out of your pocket. It's a fatal thing. So we're almost there. Right. Well, I uh, had great fun working on the parable of the sower. And uh, I shared with my wife, you know, I've got some... I think I've got some really good ideas on what the, the meaning of the various um, rocks and soils means. And uh, uh, I could tell that she was looking a bit glazed and as if you know, this really wasn't going to wash with her. She wasn't really, uh, it wasn't going down well at all. And so I said, what's the trouble? She said, well, aren't you making an allegory out of a parable? Now, I, I know that she has 18 years of inductive Bible study behind her, and that when she speaks, it's usually 
she's usually right. So, so I try to argue that, that the, no, 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 I don't think that this, 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 this applies here. So anyway, I went off and did some research and discovered that uh, it is true that the abuses all the way up into the enlightenment of, uh, not the enlightenment, uh, to the historical criticism development of last uh, century, people did tend to make allegories out of parables. And Augustine, perhaps, was one of the worst in his uh, allegory of the Good Samaritan, where he took every single component of the Good Samaritan story. And so, so um, the man goes from Jeruz Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, that's Adam on the fall. And uh, Jerusalem is the place of um, heaven. And he's falling away. And then the two coins are the sacraments of the church that restore him. And so anyway, I'm concerned about this. Am I making an allegory out of a parable? And um, I, I was reading uh, a, a person called Julica, who was uh, probably the first and most important person who said, let's put a stop to allegorizing parables. He said, except for the parable of the sower that could be treated as an allegory. So I was so happy to go back to my wife. <laughs> so uh, if you are wanting to say he's making an allegory of a parable, quit it. I have it on good authority that I can get away with it. So, on that basis, we're going to look, um, I'm going to dig into the earth and uh, come up with some explanations of what the parable of the sower means. The seed falls on the footpath. Now, as I'm going through this, I want you to ask the question, what seed am I? What, sorry, sorry, what soil am I? And the people I'm trying to witness to Christ to what soil are they? So the seed falls on a footpath. Now, remember that the next one is rocky ground, so I'm going to make an assumption that the footpath originally was good soil, but they needed a route from A to B, to f either to get to another town or to, f or to do the, the uh, harvesting, and so they needed a footpath. And so how does a footpath happen well, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet walk down good soil and compress it. Now, for some of you, you are footpaths. Your value in life is your usefulness. But the experience of being useful causes you to feel downtrodden. You don't feel valued. You don't feel like people respect you. They use you. And they don't think twice about the cost to you. And so the soil gets compressed in a child's life. Those spaces, which are playful spaces, those spaces in the earth, which are places where life grows, get squished. And this... Good soil now becomes so compressed that seeds cannot get into the heart of this person. 
The Word of God cannot get inside of you and transform you and you see the result of the Word of God bringing fruit and harvest in your life. And you say, I'm just a bad person. Well, um, being useful and taking care of other people's needs is at the heart of uh, Leo Tolstoy's Father Sergius, and I'm just going to read a short extract. So that is what my dream meant. Pashkina is what I ought to have been but failed to be. I live for men on the pretext of living for God. But she lived for God, imagining that she lives for men. Yes, one good deed, a cup of water given without thought of reward, is worth, is worth more than any benefit I imagined I was bestowing on people. But after all, was there not some share of sincere desire to serve God? He asked himself. And the answer was, yes, there was. But it was all soiled and overgrown by desire for human praise. Yes, there is no God for the man who lives as I did for human praise. I will now seek him. Sometimes our motivation uh, for being people is that we need people to like us, and so we are useful. I'll tell you another story about my wife. <clears throat> Shortly after we were married, I had an inordinate desire to, to um, be useful, to find my value in being useful. So I would come back to her, and she would give me a list of jobs that I could do, um, in, because she had a, a different house than I did. And so I would go around fixing things, and I'd come back with my list done, and I said to her, I've done the list. And she said to me, well, why don't you climb up around the kitchen and see those lights up high? You'll need to get on a stool or something and check those. So I did. It took me ages. Went all the way around, came back again and said, uh, they're all fine. She said, I thought so. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you obviously needed to be useful. And then she said something devastating. She said, didn't you know, don't you know, that I love you without you having to do anything? To which I heard myself say, no, I didn't know. I was working on the assumption that to guarantee your love, I would be a footpath. I would be useful. Well, I wonder how your soil was formed as you were growing up. I think that what aerates a footpath and makes it into good soil, what brings life to ground that is not necessarily good, is affirmation, love of a parent. And I want just to ask you, what sort of affirmation did you receive growing up? Because that will surely tell you what it did to your soil. 
In what way was affirmation withheld? In what ways was it delayed? Were the comparisons made between your soil and that of your siblings? Was praise conditional? When you did what pleased your parents, they told you you were great. Well, I could go through a long list, but those are just a sample to ask you, what was the soil? How was the soil treated as you were growing up? Now, when Jesus was asked, what does this mean? He said, well, this soil on the, the footpath soil, uh, the seed landed on top and then Satan came and plucked up the seed, um, took it, stole it, because this person still had a potential for a heart that could come back to life again. This person needed to be undercut by Satan. So Satan would come and say, you really don't matter as a person. Who are you to think that God would take any notice of you? Can you really believe that God loves you? These are the doubts that eats up the word of God that says God does love you, God cares about you, God values you. Now, when you get this far into a sermon, there's a glazed look that comes over people's eyes. So what you normally do at this point is you have a story or you have a YouTube video to wake people up. So we'll just do that now. Uh, this, is the, this is the version of the sower in 1 minute 45 on YouTube. Oh, you look better. You look much better. <laughs> Second soil, the rocky soil. People have uh, enough soil so that there's a, a conversion, there's great joy in accepting Christ, and people are happy, it looks like they've been completely transformed. And then difficulties come, challenges, tribulation, the, the scripture calls it tribulation, trials. And because the soil is thin, that seed dies. Now, part of the reason it dies is because people like us up here have sold you a cheap gospel. We've said that accept Christ and life is going to be rosy. Accept Christ and you'll have no problems. Accept Christ and your life will be just great. And he'll take care of you and make sure that nothing uh, bad or difficult happens to you. That is not what the gospel talks about suffering. Take up your cross. You might not have anywhere to lay your head. Come as a seed and die. Jesus bids us come and die. That's uh, Bonhoeffer, isn't it? Um, and of course he had a life of tremendous suffering. So what we need to pray for is that God will break up the rocks in our heart so that we'll be people not who are cynical and hard-hearted and who, who are not moved by suffering, but will be people of great compassion, that there'll be softness in our hearts. And that needs to be the prayer of those who have hearts that are, are rocky. Well, of course, the cares of this world, the third one, the those that are choked by materialism, it's obvious. I go to Cuba every year and this Sunday we're praying for 
it's a mission Sunday, and the focus of the Anglican Relief and Development uh, Fund is for Cuba, and I go every year to visit the churches that are growing there. Do you know the average wage in Cuba right now per month is $28, and the price of a, a shirt in Cuba is about $28. They have nothing to speak of, and yet they are so eager to hear about faith, about Jesus, because there's nothing that distracts them. They have no alternatives, and faith issues are so important to them. And people who are not Christians in hotels will want to talk about issues of faith. And do you have a message uh, that you want to share with me? Now, why did Jesus tell this parable? Well, I think for a number of reasons. One, I think it was to say, when you try to lead people to Christ, you should not try to work out which soil they are before you try to evangelize them. Um, I had a very interesting experience this morning. I was preaching in another church this morning, and um, I was literally accosted before the service by somebody who had never been to that church before, and it felt as if this person was the hardest-hearted person I'd come across in, in in a while. And to my utter shame and embarrassment, in, in, in the ministry time, he was on his knees sobbing, and God was doing an absolute miracle in his heart. Now, if I'd have decided who I should talk to, it would not have been that person, because I would have decided that this was soil that would never hear the gospel. So. I want to say to you, your task is to share the good news of Jesus and not try to work out who's going to accept it. If you look at the people who you think are going to accept it, um, you'll probably be wrong anyway. And you, you deny God the opportunity to do something quite miraculous. Seems in the history of the church that God has chosen the people with the hardest hearts to have the biggest falls Uh, to be crushed, crushed by the work of the Holy Spirit, to become soft-hearted people and who become the great evangelists. Um, So I think this parable is to say, don't, don't try and work out what the soil is. There are different types of soil. Your job is to preach the gospel and and every fourth time you do it, you'll have an amazing harvest. I think maybe Jesus had in mind for us in this, in this parable that, um, that sometimes if you were crushed, you were crushed soil growing up, that it's not surprising that you don't have the fruit in your life as compared to someone whose soil was in great shape. And I think Jesus says, you may have 10% fruit in your life. And I think Jesus says, I love that 10%. Because you've had to come through concrete to get to the surface, your little seed. And 
And for you to have been able to reach 10% return uh, is an enormous achievement. So don't compare fruit, but don't make your crushness your excuse for why you only have 10%. In other words, ask for God to break up the soil, to break up the woundedness, the brokenness, the hardness of heart, uh, so that you will be more fruitful. Let me pray with you. Lord, my, I pray that your word will speak truth into soil, that your word that says that every, every piece of ground in the kingdom of God is hallowed ground. Every plot of land which is a person's life, is a treasure to the Father in heaven. Every person's life is seen and known and loved by God. And his purpose is to bring fruitfulness and fulfillment and hope in your lives. So we pray, Father, that there will be joy, but not joy that just comes and goes, but joy that will last into eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.